zero, zero unhappy thoughts allowed in the brain right now. At least it wasn't 31-27. For a second, we were staring at a second consecutive week of 31-27 for those of us that enjoy watching the Cincinnati Bengals. But the man, the myth, the legend, the over-cliched term, but somehow still applies to this kid, finds a way to drive down the field with three offensive linemen injured, and his best wide receiver, I'd argue, in T. Higgins injured. Still, game-winning touchdown drive against a division opponent. When you're outmatched at the following positions against the Cleveland Browns, offensive line, defensive line, secondary, linebacking core, you are outmatched in those areas. Secondary might be a tie with the Browns. Denzel Ward, I think, is what pushes it over the top. You're outmatched at offensive line. You're outmatched at... Wide receiver, I'd say, although we'll see with OBJ. I like the Bengals' young wide receivers. The only position on the field, the Cincinnati Bengals aren't outmatched in terms of talent and aren't outmatched on the coaching staff. It's all up and down. The only place, the only place where the Bengals have the better guy is at quarterback. That's it. Only place. Only place. And Browns fans enjoy the stat padding that Baker Mayfield often gets to do against this embarrassing Cincinnati Bengals defense over the last few years. Enjoy it. Because it's not going to happen against good teams. Every single time Baker isn't pressured, and he gets a few completions, he gets confident, he gets in a rhythm, if you are unable to provide pressure for the rest of the game and only make them face heavy pressure two or three more times, then, yeah, he's going to do great. He's an accurate quarterback. He's an accurate little quarterback. He can distribute. He can make a play once in a while, especially if you are not putting pressure on him at all. And the Cincinnati Bengals didn't put pressure on him at all. And one of the main reasons for that was their supposed best pass rusher heading into the year is more worried about putting his apartment up for sale on Instagram after. He had a key offside on the one time the Bengals sniffed a stop in the second half. He's offside. And Carlos Dunlap is officially spoiled his welcome in Cincinnati. And it's a real shame, too, because he's one sack, one sack away from tying, two sacks from breaking the franchise record in sacks. Who wouldn't take some pride in that? Instead, all he's done is underperform, whine, and complain, and is a complete cancer to the team. Now, whose fault is it that it got to that point? I don't know. I don't know whose fault that is. But it's untenable now, and he's got to go, and that'll happen this week. Uh, Players are getting into arguments on Instagram. So Dunlap gone. Is Lou gone? I don't know. Is Zach Taylor gone? Most likely not. I'd say 80%. I haven't had read any reports or heard any rumors, so I doubt it. But, I mean, here's the bottom line, guys. The Cincinnati Bengals hired a guy with a bad resume. That sometimes happens. Sometimes the best hires aren't guys with the resume aren't anybody with a resume in any field. 
You can be a good salesperson and not have it on your resume, but you make the pitch, you're the right person, there's a gut feeling and you make the hire. So I don't blame the Bengals for hiring Zach Taylor. Hey, we can get this young guy, he's going to come pretty cheap, and I think he knows what he's doing. He sounds like he knows what he's doing. I know he doesn't have experience, but Sean McVay, maybe there's a connection there, creative play designer, we're, got, we're getting good references, good interview, sure, I get it. But if you're in any position, in sales, in trucking, in uh, broadcasting, right, in coaching, in any profession, teacher, if you hire somebody with a gut instinct, without a resume, and they are completely falling on their face through the first year and a half they're there, it's time to let them go. You made a bad hire. They, they had a track record of unreliability, and they've let you down time and time again. And you, you admit to yourself, hey, we made a bad hire. I wrote an article last week. I'm going to post it either tomorrow morning or later tonight about Zach Taylor. And he's like the least qualified head coach in the NFL. Five games as an offensive coordinator in Miami. Was in the quarterback room with Sean McVay and Jared Goff. And I, I don't think anybody wants to give him credit for that improvement. He was quarterback coach with Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill's playing much better football now than he did under Zach Taylor. I mean, there's just not much evidence for the guy. There's not much there to say, hey, he's the answer. And he doesn't have the connections within the NFL to go out and make hires and bring in good, solid guys on the staff. And the one connection he does have is his buddy Brian Callahan, whose dad happens to be the greatest offensive line coach in NFL history, and he doesn't somehow swing that into an offensive line coach. Because the one guy he did know that had any experience is a guy he shouldn't trust in Jim Turner, although the offensive line seems to be improving Time and time again, I still don't think Jim Turner's the answer. And I think that the best indication of bad coaching is week to week, something else is going wrong. Because that's not a testament to talent. And you can say, well, the players have to win the game. You know, they were in position to win. No, no, no. Here's the thing. If your players are good enough to get into the position to win, it is the responsibility of the coaching staff and the leadership structure and the, the ones that's job it is to put the players in a position to win. It's their job that if the players achieve that position five times, five times, count them, one, two, three, four, five times this season, the Cincinnati Bengals have had a lead in the fourth quarter. Five times they have a lead. How many wins do they have? One. And how many losses? Five. A great coach wins three well, they won one, so they won one of five. A great coach wins four of five. And what's the Cincinnati Bengals right now? record right now? Oh, yeah, five and two. Five and two, where the Browns are. And it's not because the roster's any good. It's because that kid at quarterback is the best thing that's ever walked into Cincinnati sports as a rookie right now. This kid is lighting it up. Credit Jay Morrison for this stat which I think is the most important stat I've heard yet in terms of describing what Joe Burrow is doing right now. Credit Jay Morrison for The Athletic, fellow Bobcat for this stat. Jay told us that if Joe Burrow threw for 300 yards today, which, check stat sheet, oh my, he threw for 406. 
if he accomplished that, which he did, he would just be the 14th player ever to throw five of his first seven games over 300 yards in any season. Now, there's a few guys on that list that have done it multiple times. Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. But Joe Burrow is now on that list, 14 guys. And the other 13 guys, there isn't a dud on the list. It is either all Hall of Famers, MVPs, or Super Bowl winners. That's the list. It, it's, it's an incredible list to be on. Rich Gannon, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana. And he's on it as a rookie. That was in any season in those guys' careers. He did it as a rookie. Andrew Luck's record for most 300-yard games in a season for a rookie quarterback is six. This dude's got five. It's game seven. This dude is unbelievable. And he saw the team for the second time, and he lit them up. He dropped 406 on their face, on their face, and should have won the game. Won the game with a disadvantage at offensive line. Won the game with a disadvantage in the coaching room. Won a game with a disadvantage in ownership somehow. I don't know how you're getting outperformed by Jimmy Haslam, Mike Brown, but you are. Disadvantage defensively, nearly every position. Disadvantage in locker room culture. Somehow, the Bengals locker room is worse than the Browns. The Browns who have OBJ and Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt, of all people. This kid is handed that situation and still says, here you go. I just won another game for you. Can you put it away? He comes out last week against the number one defense, drops 153 yards in a quarter, and gives you a 21-point lead. What coach that has been worth a damn in NFL history doesn't win these games? It's reached that point, people. It has reached that point with Zach Taylor. The 1-12-1 record in one-score games is not an accident. That doesn't happen in sports, ladies and gentlemen. That's not luck. That's not fortune. That's not favor. It's not. That doesn't happen in sports with good coaching. Doesn't happen. So the Bengals have a problem, and I wrote that in this article. Hey, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you need to keep believing in that mistake with all your body and compound that mistake. When you were a child and you were put in a timeout in the corner, did you, did you run away? No, because you'd be put in timeout for an extra 20 minutes. Some of you were spanked as a child. If you tried to grab the, the whip or the hand or whatever or hit back, you would just make the situation worse. No, you made a mistake. You sit there. You take it. You rear-end somebody. Do you run off or do you get your insurance card out and face the consequences? The Cincinnati Bengals have made a mistake. Zach Taylor had no resume coming in. He was underqualified. He was untested. That's okay. He's not going to work right now. No matter what he does creatively or they do these flip passes or reverse pass Tyler Boyd, I don't care. Okay? He's just not ready. And we need somebody that's ready. I think that Darren Simmons is just a really experienced head coach in this league. He has more experience than Zach Taylor in the NFL. And I just think you need a change up. And you need to move on to somebody else in 2021. Because this kid's ready to win MVPs by next year. 
I'm not saying he will. not saying he'll even finish top five voting MVP. But if the opportunity presents itself, if the schedule works the right way, and if it really clicks and he gets some lucky breaks, you don't think this kid can throw 40 touchdowns? You don't think he can after watching that today? Browns fans, you don't think he can? You don't think he can throw 40 touchdowns? You don't think this kid can win an MVP? Because he's 23. He's a rookie, 24, whatever. He's going to get better. That's all he's done his entire life. So I imagine there's a lot of people out there that are Nelsonville, York, and Cleveland Browns fans. Nelsonville, York, the rival high school of Joe Burrow's high school. They know this kid's only getting to get better. He's been beating them since they were, since what, the year 2011? So it's been a whole decade of this kid just getting better every single year. Getting better and beating you, beating you, beating you, beating you. And the Browns, I mean, Browns fans like, Listen, I know Baker Mayfield was nearly perfect, but the stat I talked about this week was how good. Baker Mayfield, 102 passer rating against the Cincinnati Bengals. This was bound to happen. We, the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't want to say we anymore. I need to disconnect myself, at least for this season. The Cincinnati Bengals were dead men walking in that game. Dead men walking. They are injured everywhere. Left tackle goes down. Fred Johnson's got to play left tackle. Dear God. Billy Price is at center. Billy Price forgot to snap the ball. He held on to it too long. Absolute disaster. Broadcast didn't even catch it. What a horrible play. How are you a center going to move your arm back and not snap the football? He had a low snap. He had a high snap. He had a bad snap handoff. He snapped at the wrong speed, which caused a burrow fumble. Just horrible effort from Billy Price at the center position. So he was out there. And then even Bobby Hart, who... Who would have thought that a Bobby Hart injury would be a bad thing? Bobby Hart goes down, and there's just no other options. If there would have been another offensive lineman injury, there would have been somebody else in there. There's injuries all over the defense. I understand that. I understand that. But it just doesn't matter. The performance has to be better. When there are bad players, good coaches minimize those bad players' impact. They maximize what those bad players can give you. Bad coaches make bad players look horrible, terrible, because they will always be out of position. They won't be able to correct for themselves. They won't be able to think for themselves. They have to be coached. That's the point of a coach. That's why you pay somebody to stand there and coach. There's a reason the job matters, okay? And it matters in games like today. It matters in games like today. And it's, it's listen, it's the reality of the situation. We are at that point. If they lose to Tennessee, if they don't decide to fire him tomorrow, because the last two times a Bengals team was swept by the Cleveland Browns, coach got fired that year. Because that's what this rivalry means to this organization. It's the one team, the one team you can't lose to twice for Mike Brown. That's, that's the policy his father had too. Right? This is an organization that was birthed from the Browns and meant to be better and meant to at least be better than the Cleveland Browns. It it might be the damn organization's mission statement. Be better than the Browns. Be better than the Browns. And the last two guys that got swept by the Cleveland Browns, gone. See ya. Dick LeBeau, gone. Marvin Lewis, 2018, gone. Zach Taylor, 2020, certainly will be gone by the end of this year. Hopefully, most likely, I think, at least, because of the position Darren Simmons is in and the resume that Zach Taylor has, 
probably by the bye week. I don't think he's gone tomorrow, but maybe by the bye week, you go play Tennessee, you get your doors railed, Derrick Henry runs for 205 yards, and too many questions are asked, and you just start over at the bye week. You can't start over now. It's still okay to start over with Joe right now. Keep a lot of the offensive pieces there. And Zach Taylor himself, listen, Zach Taylor's talking himself right out of a job. He's like, I've never been around a more resilient group of players. The players are so great. I love the players. And and I love the players too, Zach. I think the players are really talented. I think that if they had a good coach to put them in a competent position to win, we'd probably be a playoff team this year. Instead, we're going to have a top 10 pick. So that's on somebody. You have to take responsibility in life. You have to take responsibility, damn well better take responsibility in this league, the NFL. And when you're in positions to win five times and can't finish, it's not an indictment on the players. It simply isn't. Because good coaching wins those games. Has for always and forever. Always and forever, good coaching wins those games. Always and forever. Ask any baseball manager. Baseball manager says, hey, your team's going to get a three-run lead going in the final two innings for the next five games. Three-run lead, final innings, next five games. If you can't figure a way to win at least two or three of those games, you're a bad manager. Because that means you just keep putting the wrong guy in the wrong position at the wrong time, and you keep blowing these games. That's on coaching. That's on consistency. That's on repeatability. That's on reliability. All those things are taught and built. Taught and built. And like Marvin Lewis would be at least 500 with this squad. Probably 4-3. and three. Marvin would have blown one of these games too. But 4-3. and three. That's what Marvin would be. And that's how, bad, that's how bad this has gotten. Is that you're asking for the guy we all in Cincinnati. And in the 9-3-7. And in the 5-1-3. And in the 7-4-0. All we wanted was to fire Marvin Lewis. Please, dear God, get this guy out of here. And Zach Taylor's making us miss that. The answer isn't Marvin Lewis. Don't bring him back in here. The answer is forward. Eric Bieniemy. This th- Listen, compare Eric Bieniemy's resume with that of Zach Taylor. Here we go. Zach Taylor. What's his playing resume? Okay, well, he was a... Quarterback in college. Uh, He got one shot at one training camp in Tampa Bay. Didn't even see the field in a preseason game. So, whatever. You don't have to be a great player to be a great coach. Look at Bill Belichick. I understand. I get it. But you go from uh, there. And then you go to the Canadian Football League. Well, you know, he probably had a good career. Oh, he didn't even play in Canada either. Okay. Well, then he goes and be his, and is a coach. You know, oh, he's going to work with guys, and and that's great. And he was at best an average coach in a quarterback room in Miami. Had some good ideas. Very confident. People seem to believe in him. Well spoken guy. Communicates decently well with players. Looks like a coach with potential. Looks like a coach with potential. That's it. That's the positive spin on Zach Taylor. Now let's look at Eric Bieniemy's resume. Oh, he played 10-plus years in the NFL. Before that, he was a Heisman Trophy finalist in college. Success at the highest levels. He was a Cincinnati Bengal. Hello. 
Hello. He played for the organization. He is a Bengal. Cincinnati, through and through. He has been the offensive coordinator for the greatest offense to ever play in the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can tell me, well, statistically, no, that was the greatest offense ever, especially what they did in the playoffs. Come back, come back, come back. Unbelievable. Never seen an offense like it in Kansas City. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for that. And you could say, well, Andy Reid is there, and Andy Reid is the one, and you said that Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, oh, timeout, timeout. Has Sean McVay ever had an assistant that worked out in this league yet? No. So we don't really have evidence that he's actually teaching these guys anything. Andy Reid's disciples have won Super Bowls, have taken Mitchell Trubisky to the playoffs. So this guy knows how to coach coaches. And Eric Bieniemy is so popular that the players make sure to mention him in every single press conference. They want him to have a job. He connects well with athletes. Check, 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 check. All the boxes. Running back coach success as well. More running back coach success than Zach Taylor quarterback coach success before he was the OC or before he was even in Kansas City. Combine that with a 10-plus year playing career and a Heisman Trophy finalist in college, and he played for the damn organization, I'd say the resume is a bit better for Eric Bieniemy. okay? Now, he might not do the press conference as well. He might not be able to come up with better cliches, but I know he's a better coach. And sometimes you just got to look at the resume and believe what it tells you. And you took a risk on a guy, I got it, but now's the time. And let's hope, oh, please, that Eric Bieniemy wants this job. And you need to pay him whatever it takes. You need to. Because this kid is the final shot. And this is what I'll say in summation. This is it, Cincinnati Bengals fans. We have reached a legitimate point in franchise history, especially with everything that's gone on in the world, okay? Because sports isn't going to stay the same forever. It never has. It never will. Now, it's going to be more stable than it was in the past, but things will change. Situations will change. Economics will change. Popularity will change. Leagues will change. Viewing habits will change. Things will change. And upcoming in the next decade, Cincinnati Bengals fans, is a stadium deal. It's a stadium deal. And we know the financial situation that this family is in. And we know that he's not going to sell the team because it's his pride and joy. It was his his inheritance. It's like a house that somebody you know that barely makes any money has this giant house, but it means a lot to them, and they're never going to sell it, no matter if that would be the smart decision for their life and their children and their future. The since the Bengals are the inheritance. But it's not connected to Cincinnati. And if the Browns don't get the same type of stadium deal they got when they built Paul Brown Stadium, guys, that's it. I'm not being an alarmist. I'm not being crazy. But ticket sales have sharply declined consistently. Popularity has declined consistently. They outperformed the Browns for half a decade, still couldn't be more popular than them. You've got one shot. And it's Joe Burrow. That's it. This is it. This is it. If over the next six years, this kid can't win one or get real close, at least win a playoff game, then I'm afraid that 
I won't be showing my kids Cincinnati Bengals football. It might be the San Diego Bengals. Or the London Bengals. And that's a sad way to end this, but it is what it is. It's the truth of the matter. And I know Mike knows that Paul would never have wanted this team to move Cincinnati. So they want to figure this out. They want to make this team competitive enough and close enough to being a champion that the city can take pride in it enough to pay for an upgraded stadium. That's where they need to get this thing. And that's where I think they will get this thing. I believe in it. I don't think that they're going to... I think this is going to be... It has to, right? And they were so close before, and you know they can be close again. But this is not a time for patience. This is not a time for long term. This is not a time for waiting around. You got to go now. You got to find the guy now. You got to start having success next year. Next year needs to be a playoff year in Cincinnati. Because that's how these things work. And when you have an elite quarterback, you can make those jumps. Especially when your elite quarterback, unlike the one up north in Cleveland, will actually work this offseason at getting better. Joe Burrow will take a five times-ish leap in his own personal ability over the summer. Will that translate in the stats? Not necessarily. But he will. He'll be smarter. He'll be stronger. He'll be faster. He'll be more focused. He'll be more determined. He'll be more ready, more prepared, more knowledgeable, more thoughtful. That's who he is. That's who he's always been, who will always be. Can the Bengals match that? Joe Burrow will win MVPs. Joe Burrow will be a Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion, from what I've seen. Knock on wood. But will the Bengals win a Super Bowl is a completely separate question. If they can make the right decisions now, if they can avoid compounding mistakes, if they can rightly move on, then yes, they can. They can break this city's very long curse. But if they hang on to their old ways, if they try to do things the same, if they be the Bengals they've always been, then they probably won't. And they probably won't be a thing anymore. That's where we're at. So instead of carrying that thought, I put that away because that's a nuclear option. It's an option we simply cannot get to. It can't get to that. So the only option is forward and positivity. And they will figure this out. They will find the right coach. They will do it. And that's the only option. And that's where we're at. 3 a.m. Coney. Just wanted to spit my thoughts out after this one. Blast doing these. Posted on Facebook Live. Appreciate everybody watching. And uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. 3 a.m. Coney. Peace.